Hey everybody, welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast. I've got a special guest with me today, all the way from Canada, Jesse Brower. So looking forward to hearing from him. But uh, before we get into that, I just want to make a few announcements. We have uh, dear members of our community, Aaron and Abby, that uh, were actually a part, big part of the Harp and Farm program last year. Aaron was actually, he came came in, did the program, and Abby was actually uh, one of our chaperones and one of the people that helped with meals, and she was pretty involved. If you saw pictures from Harp and Farm, it was probably Abby that took them. But uh, so, yeah, they got married this past week, and so uh, we're really excited about that, and uh, they're off on their honeymoon right now. But, uh, but yeah, Jesse was in town for the wedding, and I thought we actually went on a run this morning, and uh, we went on like a little two-mile run, and during the run, I was like, Jesse, it'd be cool to do a podcast with you and uh, just hear you know, your testimony. Uh, Jesse's been through a lot over the past year, uh, but Harpen Farm was uh, part of his whole journey. So looking forward to diving into that in just a little bit. But uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to mention a few things. Uh, we've got the Men's Prayer and Fasting event coming up. That'll be in February, beginning of February, right there, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Uh, starting on the first Thursday night, we'll start the fast and then go three days. And I'm really looking forward to this. I was talking to Aaron and a few others last night, and we're looking forward to this. There's been a lot that's gone on this past year, and we're really feeling that the uh, theme should be seeking purity, which, you know, we're, we're loving purity. So uh, it goes well with uh, with the name of our ministry. But, you know, this is our hearts is to gather men together and to really address uh, this great need that we have to walk in purity to walk in holiness, uh, we're seeing the need now more than ever to uh, call people to to this the standard to live it live it out. Uh, we can see the fruit of the enemy just you know wrecking havoc on families and our whole society uh, when we allow these seeds of impurity to take you know to to sprout take root. But we really need to deal with the uh, just that that beginning stage. You know where are our hearts, how are our hearts, uh, and where are we at as far as just individuals. And so if you're a guy out there listening to this and you want to do something radical, you know, I, I kind of think of fasting and prayer. It shouldn't be, but in our culture, in our Western culture, fasting is uh, kind of seen as a radical thing. I think it should be more of a normal thing. But if you want to come out and join some guys, uh, it's been good every year. We've done this for the past four or five years. But uh, just getting together with men to fast and pray, to uh, really go deep and just really uh, press into the Father's heart, it's been so good. And so if you're a guy out there listening to this, you want to come up, spend three days with us, we'd love to have you. Uh, wanted to also mention uh, some uh, the Harpin Farm program coming up. It's uh, we're getting geared up for that. Got the greenhouses going, and uh, gonna preparations for that. So if you're a young person out there, 18 to 30, you're looking for an opportunity to spend time in the Word and developing your musical skills and working in the ground. You know, we're going to be really uh, learning about restorate, you know, uh, regenerative agriculture. They call it which is basically leaving the land better than you found it. You know, when you, when you use these practices, you're, you're bettering the land. And so this is, uh, this is what we're going to be doing uh, starting out April 1st. And so uh, if you said something that you're interested in, then please uh, get in contact with us. So we're, we're going to be taking applications over the next month or two. So that's all my announcements. Uh, Jesse, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you, Braden. It's uh, really exciting to be on this podcast. Um, I really benefit from listening to the voice of my beloved I'm on Spotify when the episodes come out. And yeah, um, Braden is a, a dear friend of mine and he's been like a, a mentor to me and has really helped me um, grow in my faith, especially during Harp and Farm. And um, yeah, so this is a, a great way to start the new year as, yes. I, as I look back and reflect on um, God's faithfulness to me 
and all the different lessons that he's taught me and the ways that he's refined me. And um, a dear friend of mine once reminded me that um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes. And um, so hopefully that can be an encouragement to all of you today. And I hope that this podcast can be um, a hope-filled message. And um, yeah, being here this week at the Love and Purity Campus has been really special. Getting to witness my first um, Hebraic wedding yeah. and learning how to blow a shofar. And <laughs> I still have a long ways to go on that front. Um, it, it takes time, but it was really special to to witness um, the, the marriage of Abby and Aaron and um, to see where God leads them in their journey. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just wanted to ask you as we're getting started here, Jesse. So you're from a you're from Canada. Uh, which part of Canada? I'm from Ontario. Yeah. And you're part of a uh, big family. How many siblings? Yes, I'm in the middle of eight children. So I have a twin sister, and then there's three above us who are all married, and three younger brothers still at home. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, I I love uh, I love that whole big family dynamic because Jesse he kind of jumped in and just kind of goes with the flow and that that's kind of one of the characteristics you'll find with big family you know you just kind of learn to do that in a big family you just yep. kind of learn to learn to roll with the punches and go with the flow and so jesse's been a huge blessing uh, every time he's come down to visit and so uh yeah yeah share share your story with us jesse we're, we're, we're eager to hear it okay yeah so um i i wanted to share today a little bit about my journey with um, depression and um so I had a, a bit of a dip of depression in the winter of 2021 um, when I started university. And at that time in my life, I had gone through a lot of big changes. Our family had moved for the first time um, in 20 years. We grew up in the same house all our life long, and then we moved. And um, so just a big adjustment there. And that that lasted a couple months. I, I received some biblical counseling. And um, just through the advice of, of loving brothers and sisters, was able to recover from that. And then um, December of 2021, um, I started noticing that I was having um, some depressive symptoms again and just didn't really understand where they came from or um, what that whole journey would look like. Um, but for about six months from about mid-December to the end of June of 2023, um, now we're in 2024, um, the Lord allowed me to go through just a very dark season of um, despair and, and depression and confusion and just a lot of um, mental fog. And um, yeah, it was it was a scary journey. I didn't think I would get to that low of a place. Which, which just, let me interrupt you for a second, which is pretty uncharacteristic for you. I mean, anybody <laughs> that knows Jesse knows he's a pretty funny guy. Mm -hmm. And so I, I imagine this is a pretty big shock to your family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what made it really difficult to um, start healing because People that know me, like Braden said, would never think that Jesse Brower would struggle with depression. Um, I, I love being around people. Um, I love to laugh a lot, and people know that about me. And so when I was continuing to get worse, I felt like I had this facade where I would kind of put this act on and try to um, impress people in my social setting. And then little did they actually know how, how, much, um, how much of a hard time I was actually going through. And so that made it really hard to accept help um, because it really um, hurt my pride mm. to to receive help and to reach out and acknowledge that I could not heal on my own. Mm. Um, and you primarily felt this uh, sense of depression or loneliness? Could you say they're kind of similar and just like, I feel alone in this problem? Or how would you describe yep. it? Yeah, often when um, people walk through seasons of, of despair and depression, they, they think that um, 
no one else can relate to them. Right. And and that's a big part of the the healing journey is being patient with your caregivers mm. and realizing that they they probably don't understand the depths of what you're going through. And so we need to let them in um, and allow them to ask us good questions and draw things out of us. And that that takes that takes time. And would you say the natural tendency when you're going through something is to try to isolate? Like you, you kind of is there something like you just don't want to be around people because you're trying to figure your, what's going on? Yeah, is that kind of the, yeah? There's, there's almost a stigma where um, you're you're dying to be known and to be fully loved and fully known and to belong, mm-hmm. but you also um, are just terrified of people actually knowing you that well um, because you're right. you're scared of of what they might find out about you and mm-hmm. you're putting on this facade. So you really. Um, it's mixed emotions. It's that, right. that dichotomy of, yes, I need help. I want people to know me in my suffering, but I also am just terrified to really open up and be transparent with people. Right. And the enemy kind of uses that dynamic too, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of keep you trapped. Yeah. He tries to keep you trapped in that. Yeah. And that's a, a big part of the journey um, with depression is, is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I fully realized that when I was going through it. Um, but looking back, I'm able to kind of acknowledge the different triggers that, that led to this. And a big part of it was the lies of the enemy. And that was such a, a tangible experience for me. I remember um, just being able to almost hear the, the screams of the enemy in my, in my head and I couldn't escape it. Wow. And he would um, just intrusive thinking and, and dark thoughts and just this spiral of negativity. And um, I remember just not, not even having the energy to fight back with the voice of truth mm. and just feeling as if, you know, the, the lies of the enemy were so loud, they were much louder than um, God's word and his His promises to those who are suffering. And so that's also a big part of the journey is is navigating, okay, is, is this truth or is this um, falsehood, what the devil is saying right now? Right. And how do I attack back with the sword of the spirit? Mm. Yeah. Just one more question on this is for people that, you know, our listeners out there, if, if you may know somebody that's going through a valley, you know, going through depression, what would you say, Jesse, was the most helpful thing from people just relating to you? What what was helpful, you know, from from your brothers and sisters around you? What what was the most helpful thing that they did for you going through that? Yeah, um, I think my my home life um, was was challenging in some ways, but my two sisters, my twin sister Jenny and my older sister Sarah, they were extremely helpful along the whole journey, and they would even. Um, they would make phone calls for me and, and drive me to doctor's appointments and because they really didn't trust me on my own. Mm. And that, that was a scary realization for me was um, coming to the fact that I, I couldn't even trust myself to be alone. Mm. And so my two sisters um, were really, really helpful and just were, were caring and did what they could and um, tried to do all that they could to walk alongside me. And I don't think everybody in my household knew the extent of what I was going through. Um, but I vividly remember one time uh, with depression, I was just very emotional and I would wake up and just start sobbing and I wouldn't even know why. Mm. And there was just a whole flood of emotion. And uh, I woke up one morning and climbed out of bed and just started weeping. And I was um, on the ground in my bedroom just crying. And I was um, hoping that nobody would, would hear me, but my my mom heard me and she ran upstairs. And that was kind of the the breakthrough point for my mom and dad. Um, I don't think they really knew the extent of what I was going through. And so having my, my mom um, just realize that it was pretty serious, she right away she, she encouraged me. She read Psalm 23 to me um, and prayed for me and encouraged me to um, just keep listening to um, encouraging sermons and being in the Word. And um, 
So it can be tricky for families to navigate how to walk alongside their the family members. Um, but I think when you're when you're living at home, it's so important that people in your family know how you're doing. And on that note, um, I just wanted to talk about a few of the symptoms that I had during this journey. I think things kept getting worse. And I, I kept thinking to myself, how long is it going to take to heal? And what is it going to take to really break through? And um, so that's that was negative thinking. So I think I just really struggled to have a, a lack of purpose in this season of, of darkness and a lack of direction for where God wanted me to serve him in ministry work and just felt very lost and, and distant from him. Um, there was a lot of low self-esteem, um, negative self-talk. Um, there were, um, yeah, just one of the lies of the enemy was he told me that I was just garbage mm. and that I was trash. And, um, you know, Proverbs talks about um, as a man thinks, so he is. Right. And our, our brains are powerful. And so I I didn't have a very high view of myself. And, um, yeah, I, I often had the temptation to, to even run away and to just escape it all and get out of my own head. I remember sometimes I... I would just go for a walk or a run and just scream. And I huh. just had to get out. And I felt like there was no one answering, no one listening. And um, I vividly remember one Sunday morning before going to church with my family, they they left already and I was thinking about whether I should go or not. And I just stayed home and just was running around the house, just spiraling and just yelling out. And um, so it's a very, very painful thing. And it's, it's hard to be transparent about those aspects of depression because they can almost feel embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a totally like you, you're kind of discovering this, this whole thing as you went, like you never had experienced mm-hmm. anything like this before. Yeah. Not to it, this degree. So it's kind of almost a yeah. scary, like yeah. you're scared of like, what's going on with me? Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't trust yourself. And I remember one time too, I was uh, working for my brother, Adrian, he has a landscaping company. And he, I learned a lot about my brother during that time. Um, we're very different in character. And he, he's so patient with me and told me I could always have a day off if I needed a personal day. And he was so, so gracious with me and, and his, uh, my coworker as well, who had been through similar struggles. And one day after work, it was just a, um, not a great day. I wasn't really understanding the job and what we were doing on, on site. And I remember I, I drove to a nearby lake um, thinking that I was going to just drown myself. Mm. And I haven't told too many people this, um, and that this was the depth of what I was going through. I, I just felt, um, and that's one of the lies of the enemy. You know, scripture says that he's a murderer from the beginning. Right. And that can sometimes lead people to actually think that their life is not worth living anymore. Mm-hmm. So the devil got me to that point. He had me in his grasp. So I remember going to this beach and going in the cold water. It was May or June, so the water was was quite cold. And I, um, I remember just walking into that lake, no one was around and just thinking, well, I'm just going to plunge myself and I don't know if I'm going to come back up. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I put my head under the water and I quickly came back up and realized, um, that I, I really needed help and I can't do this alone. Um, and it was just in a very, a place of desperation and, um, just wanting a fast escape and wanting it all to end. And I, I thought I could do that by um, by drowning myself. So that was probably the, the darkest point of, of the journey was that day. And I, I love being on the water. And so whenever I'm on the water, usually I'll think of that moment and how God has redeemed me from that experience mm. and that he didn't let me go that far. Um, 
Yeah. So part of some of the other symptoms I had were um, a lot of memory fog and just short-term memory loss, which was hard for me because usually I, I have a good memory. And so I just little details I couldn't remember very well. My sleep was very disturbed um, and my emotions were so backwards. So I remember um, sometimes I, I couldn't laugh at things that were actually funny. I had to pretend to laugh. <laughs> and then I, I could laugh at things that were really not funny. <laughs> and so that got me into some, um, some scary situations. I remember I was here at the program and I was talking to, um, to Miss Holly and she's a, a dear friend of mine, like a mother figure to me. And she was telling me about how one of her relatives had passed away from cancer. And I just started dying laughing. And my, my emotions were so backwards. And I, I said, I'm sorry. It's, I know this is not funny, but I'm just having this response right now. And she was so gracious and she, she understood. Um, but it was those situations that were just really embarrassing where I, I couldn't control my emotions. And there were just so many chemical imbalances. So um, a couple of doctor's appointments I had um, a few months in, um, a typical medical doctor will ask you for your list of symptoms. You'll fill out a chart and then they'll kind of give you a prescription and, and diagnose your condition. And of course, there's there's good elements to that, but you can feel like you're kind of put like as a label and you're, you're given right. this identity. And I really um, didn't like that. I knew I needed help. So my family doctor prescribed me on a, a low dose antidepressant. Mm. And I was very hesitant to take this medication because... Um, I knew there were side effects and I know that people respond differently to this type of medication. And so I said to her, you know, I want to go the more natural route and and try different natural um, health methods before I take this drug. Um, but eventually I, I agreed to take it because things were not getting better. And I was on various supplements and they weren't seeming to help. So then I, I started taking a low dose antidepressant. Um, and after about a week, I stopped. And I was taking that pill when I was here in Missouri. Mm. And I just remember getting like nasty side effects. Uh, my body was not responding well to it. And so I just decided to, to stop altogether. And, um, and then I went on a more, more natural method. And so during this, this time, I, I really wanted to just run away from home and, and go, come to Harper and Farm. All right. And um, that was kind of my, my secret motive was just to have a, a change of atmosphere, a change of pace with my routine and my schedule. And at the time, they, um, Ontario still had the vaccine mandate set in place. Right. And so I, um, I was just trusting the Lord that if he wanted me to get through the border to come to Harpen Farm, he would make a way. And um, unfortunately, I got sent home three times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was very persistent and tried to keep coming. And the, the third time, they, I had a flight booked from Buffalo, and they, they threatened to deport me. Oh. And I thought, well, where are you going to send me? I can't even go to your country. <laughs> but they, uh, and then the person that was taking me across got charged with um, alien smuggling. Oh, wow. Uh, because she knew that I didn't have the vaccine. Huh. And so I, I said to the officer, you know, I was um, really trusting that God wants me to come to this program. Can you please just let me through? And uh, he said, nope, you got to go home and get um, your boosters and, and then wait two weeks and try again. <laughs> so I was sent back home to Canada or to, um, to my home. And, um, that was really discouraging because I realized, you know, I'm, I'm back where I started. I'm right. back at square one. I, um, now I have to find something else to do. And I was just so upset that I got sent back. So then I, um, I worked for my brother, um, in the month of, of April and May. And then I ended up trying again when the mandate lifted, um, mid May and my family brought me through the border and we didn't have 
have the same issues. Um, definitely some some border trauma, just um, a lot of anxiety approaching the guard and wondering if he would let me through. Right. After three times. After too. three <laughs> times. So I, I was I was flagged. I was on their list. Yeah. Um, but that's in the past now, and, and the Lord graciously allowed me to, to make it here. Mm. We're really glad it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember also... I would I would try to go for runs when I was depressed just to take my mind off of the circumstances and just to get out of my head. And I remember I would I would start to go for these jogs and my my body just felt so heavy mm. that I I couldn't run anymore. Mm. And I just had to stop and just walk. I was out of breath, just feeling very faint. And so there was definitely some physical um, symptoms happening there. And I I stopped reading my Bible altogether. I felt like whenever I um, open the scriptures. I just felt this condemning voice, mm. like I was not living up to the to what was being read to me, mm. and it became really hard to pray. Um, and God just felt so distant, and I I was scared of Him. and And people would come alongside me and try to speak truth into my life, but I deep down I thought um, that's too good to be true. Mm. That that's not for me. I I never could be worthy of that. And that's the beauty of the gospel message is that we are not worthy. Um, but Christ clothes us with his righteousness and um, and makes us worthy. So, yeah. so the lie was that I've gone too far. It's basically yeah. that's, what too, that's what you felt. I've mm-hmm. gone too far. There's no hope of me getting yeah. back on my feet. Yeah, just really wondering um, what could I do for God in this state? Mm. How, how could I serve him? Um, and one, one aspect that was also really difficult was I, I stopped really caring about other people's suffering mm. because I was so wrapped up in my own head. Mm. And that was really difficult because um, normally I, I really care for people and I, I want to help them through um, their suf- seasons of suffering, but I just did not care anymore. Mm. And I knew something was off because um, I, I love to be with people. And so I was just living living this lie. And um, I'm just thinking this morning when Braden and I went for a run, it was about six o'clock in the morning. Um, Braden's an early riser and it was, it was dark. It was foggy. And as I was running, I was thinking, you know, this is my atmosphere here is such a helpful word picture of what it feels like to be going through a valley of despair. Mm. Um, Just foggy. There's not clear direction ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't know what's around the corner. Um, Everything seems um, cold around you. Um, The the air is cold. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a very typical, um, picture of what despair looks like it's just this wilderness and you don't see the way out and you feel like you're just trapped in this maze and um yeah this season went on for about how long yeah about five or six months um so yeah things really started in january and then they um got gradually worse and i um there was a big breakthrough towards the end of june okay so it was about a six month period and i was going to receive counseling again but my counselor from the previous year wasn't able to meet with me um, when I had time, so I didn't get counseling. And um, but I really encourage people um, to get to get biblical counseling when they're when they're struggling. It's just really good one-on-one discipleship, and allows your counselor to just draw things out of you that you maybe haven't actually verbalized before. Right. And it's just a, a safe space. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And you know, for our listeners out there, maybe some of these things are things you've struggled with, maybe not to the same degree, but maybe it's something that, you know, you can relate to Jesse's story. And so, yeah, I think, um, you know, reaching out and letting mm-hmm. people know I'm, I'm struggling with this is yeah. super important. And uh, Aaron and I have talked about that in this podcast before. Uh, maybe it's not mental 
you know, uh, depression. It might be a sin struggle that you have, you know, but just getting that out in the light uh, really takes it out of almost I, the way I think of it, it takes it out of the devil's domain in a way. It's like it just it cuts the head off the serpent uh, because the devil, he the the darkness festers in in darkness, right? The sin festers in the darkness. So I encourage you to get your struggles in the light and, you know, to talk to a friend, talk to a counselor like uh, Jesse's mentioned. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to take up this story in, uh, in a next podcast, but, uh, we're, we're grateful to have Jesse on. He's always a blessing. Uh, every time he's around brings lots of joy to our community. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. This is the voice of my beloved podcast where we believe that hearing and following the voice of the bridegroom King leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. <laughs>